Broadcasting from the beautiful Hill Country in Texas, this is OneRadioNetwork.com. Well, a very pleasant good afternoon to you. We're almost on time. It's noon here, Central Time, the 3rd of November. Patrick Timpone, OneRadioNetwork.com. We had a little bit of a show this morning, but boy, it was all kinds of stuff. But who knows what these guys are up to. We're going to have fun this afternoon talking with a a fellow that uh, we're very grateful. He comes on fairly regularly. His name is Tom Luongo. It is TomLuongo.me, Gold, Goats, and Guns, and I'm one of his Patreon guys, and I get his uh, his uh, musings and his videos and stuff, and I got one this morning, so I got a kind of an idea of what he's been thinking about lately. Mr. Luongo is in Florida, and you guys are beginning a lot of rain as well, Mr. Tom? No, we, we've been pretty good, actually, but, you know, the West Coast has been getting pounded. The uh, no, This has been, we finally now are now getting uh, some, well, I would consider it, Real, honest to God, fall weather. Right? Yeah. So it's starting to get into the 40s. It's starting to dip into the 40s at night in North Florida, and it's starting to become, you know, human. Human. Thanks for coming on the God. show. Tom's an engineer, and he's got a great, uh, interesting background, and uh, has a, a wife that he's crazy about, and a daughter, and he's in Florida with gold and goats and guns, and you can become a Patreon guy like I am, and we'll tell you how to do that. And I think he probably knows the crypto world as well as anybody and keeps an eye on it. And I and, and yeah, I think you do. And 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 I also like that he has a he's a critical thinker that looks at everything from Putin to Davos to crypto to gold to the Fed, and uh, that's what I like about your work, Tom, because I kind of get an idea of what the hell is going on. Um, mm. I wanted to ask you because you've been talking about the balance sheet. I looked on it this morning, and the Fed has an eight point five trillion dollar balance sheet. Mm. That's with a T. Now I I've, I've, I've I've asked people about this before, and I've never really got an answer that I understood. Can you tell me why, Tom Luongo, the day the Fed, New York Fed, has to unwind that someday? Why can't they keep this paper on there forever? Well, they could, uh, as long as we have confidence in the ability of the government to pay back the debt, or at least pay the coupon payments on the debt. Um, and everybody's willing to take dollars and this can continue to be as big as it you know they're going to want to unwind the balance sheet because they're a little they're worried now that all that money that they've printed and that's actually out there and hasn't been sterilized and it's actually i mean they print a lot of money but a lot of it doesn't circulate the size of the balance sheet is one thing it's money velocity empty money velocity that's actually more important because you know that's been falling since 1999 right and it hasn't really you know, gotten any better. And, you know, the amount of debt that we're producing now in order to produce GDP is basically gone negative. If it hasn't gone negative, it's, it's, it might as well have gone. It might as well, you know, be close to, to zero or maybe it's approaching zero asymptotically. It doesn't really matter. We, we're at the point now where you can't add debt to get growth. Um, we're well beyond that point. And so now all we're doing is we're adding debt now to keep asset prices from falling. And that's what the Fed's balance sheet, the size of the Fed's balance sheet is really all about. So here we are. It's a Wednesday morning. The Fed's about to do their uh, their November meeting. This is always the tricky one, right? So it's five weeks after the uh, or six weeks after the September meeting, right after Jackson Hole, uh-huh. and the one right before the end of the year. And so this is the one where they usually don't make a big move. They usually, if they're going to make a move, they usually make a move into December because they don't want to, you know, mutts with markets coming into year end. They'd rather do so at the beginning of next year. Uh-huh. So listening to a. Uh, uh, a talk with Daniel DiMartino Booth, former 
uh, assistant to uh, um, uh, Richard Fisher when he was at the, the Texas Fed, the Dallas Fed, and um, and she was saying that this is this within the culture within the Fed is they tend gen, tend to not want to do stuff towards the end of the year. Now that we're getting late into the season, towards the midterms, they really don't want to have to do anything. So they've really been very careful about how long they were going to take before they finally told everybody, no, really, we're going to taper QE, we're going to start changing monetary policy. So that's the... So they may say we're going to cut back a little bit, 10 or 15 billion a month or something like that, but nothing big. Oh, yeah, until they're done. Yeah, until they're done. So, again, so this Keynesian idea of John Maynard, if you create enough money and you can keep up with GDP, his meme or his argument has been everything will be fine, right? That's what he sold... (laughs) That's what he sold us? That's, that is not really what's been sold. No. Keynes, all Keynes said in 36 in the general theory, which was gobbledygook then, <laughs> but it wasn't, you know, the, it wasn't the kind of gobbledygook we have today. I mean, right. you know, the, 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 the really great Austrian economists like Gary North and others who, who really debunked all this stuff ages ago, back in, you know, when, it, when all this weird monetary policy, you know, began in the aftermath of uh, uh, Lehman Brothers, 2008, um, and all said, this this isn't this isn't even Keynesianism. Keynes would never have agreed with QE. He would have never agreed really? with zero oh. interest rates. He would have never agreed with any of this hmm. stuff. Um, all Keynes did was win the argument in the 1930s that government has a role in providing countercyclical support to the economy during recessions in order to hold off the worst of our fear and animal, he, what he called animal spirits to, you know, kickstart the economy faster to help smooth out the business side. And he was wrong, right? Because politically they were never the, the and this is the argument that he publicly had with Hayek at the time in the pages of the New York times and everywhere mm-hmm. else um, that and Hayek made the the argument, and Hayek, not being one of the great Austrians, only one of the, in my sure. mind one of the middling Austrians, made the argument like, look, you can't do that because what will happen is the interventions themselves, I mean, working off of Mises' ideas, every intervention begets a bigger government intervention later on because of the malinvestment of capital that occurs when you intervene in the economy and move it away from its equilibrium point. Those that the liquidation of the boom is the cure for the problem. And of course, politicians love the idea that there's a role for them to play to buy votes with. Now, there comes a point where that policy reaches its limit. You know, at the end of the day, this is all, you know, a, this is all a mathematical function. And because it's a mathematical function at the end of the day, there's really, you're going to wind up at the moment where you can't push on the string anymore you can't create any more growth with debt you can't have the government counter cyclically spend and malinvest because the malinvestment is so great that you can't overcome the previous malinvestment because malinvestment of capital at the wrong interest rate at the wrong assessment of risk ultimately over time is just like friction within an engine or a drivetrain and you keep adding sand into the gears of the drivetrain the car eventually doesn't the engine doesn't put out enough power to push the wheels anymore yes sir and that's where we are Hmm. 
And so then it takes an ever increasing amount of energy or output. And now you've got to redline the engine in order to get it to go 20 miles an hour. Yeah. And that's where we are. Wow. That's the best metaphor we, that's, I've got. That's a it. good one, though. I like that. Yeah, I like that. So then are we looking at someday the dower maybe not will be worth worthless, one word, it will always going to be worth less, two words. So, well, it is. And the thing is, and this is the part that so many people who are introduced to these ideas immediately want to jump to the end game. Right. They want it easy. Like, hey, let's just buy gold and it's all over and done. Right. Like, well, yeah, I used to be one of those people. Did and it? it's an easy argument to make. And it's an easy argument to sell to people who don't have a, a you know, who don't study it and don't try to improve their um, their perspective and their understanding of the way things these things work. They just say, well, the Fed's just doing this stuff and eventually it's all going to crash. Right. Yeah, you're right about that. But the Fed and or the ECB and the BOJ and everybody else, look, in 2008, the system broke and the individual central banks cartelized their behavior just like OPEC coordinates its production of oil, the central banks cartelized and coordinated the production of money and we've been living on borrowed time for 13 years hmm. because they were able to well you know first it's the bank of japan's turn to inflate then it's the ecbs then it's the americans then it's then it's back to the swiss then it's back to the japanese and we go on a round robin for 14 years that we've been doing almost 14 years now we've been doing this and no one wants under and you know so many of the gold bugs are just like they're angry at they have waited 14 years like i got news for you they can, as long as everybody's perception of this as reality can is is working for them, and as long as their incentives are aligned, as long as enough people's incentives are aligned to keep the system afloat, the system stays afloat. Doesn't matter if it's fraudulent. People yeah. can believe all sorts of stupid stuff for as long as they want. Hmm. Look, we're still arguing about Marx. It's 150 years later, 170 years later. He was wrong in 19, 1848 <laughs> when he wrote the damn thing. So, like, it doesn't matter. He, we, my, my, my partner in the newsletter, Dexter White, just published an article on our blog, you know, dumb ideas never die. Hmm. Mm -hmm. Like, and we just did an entire podcast on this. So we, dumb ideas persist through time. And he was talking specifically about the wealth tax, the, you know, tax on unrealized capital gains but it doesn't matter what it is it doesn't matter if it's keynesianism which was which hayek and the austrians debunked back in the 30s 40s and 50s doesn't matter that the, the phillips curve which you know the fed ran monetary policy based on the phillips curve for how long that's the one that you know gdp versus unemployment the phillips curve right. mm -hmm. that thing was debunked that you know, the Keynesians and the Samuelsonians, the Paul Samuelson, who wrote the economic textbook that everybody learned from throughout the 50s, 60s, and 70s, the Samuelsonians, basically Keynesian 1.5ers, you know, they were wrong. And they said, look, stagflation, which is high unemployment and uh, and low GDP growth, can't, or, and high GDP growth, sorry, low GDP growth and, um, and low unemployment can't happen at the same time stagflation we can't have both of those things we can't have you know the the phillips curve was the you know made this argument and it was debunked back with the the stagflation of the 1970s guess what the fed still ran monetary policy based on the phillips curve up until about oh i don't know jackson hole 2020 mm -hmm. yeah. when they finally said yeah the phillips curve doesn't work 
It persisted for another 45 years until it was in their best interest to get away from targeting inflation and start targeting inflation expectations. What are inflation expectations? The first, in mathematical terms, are the first derivative of inflation. It's the velocity of inflation as opposed to the actual inflation itself. So now they're like trying to, you know, they're like the global warming freaks who think that, you know, the the acceleration of the acceleration of the velocity of CO2 concentration is what's causing all the warming. Sure. Yeah. You know, in mathematic terms. Yeah. What we would call the third derivative of the impulse. Like it's nonsense. It's it's, gar- it's literal garbage. Of course it is. Any, any of course. Any anybody who's ever done any honest to God rate equation, you know, chemical equation, you know, chemical analysis and chemical rate research knows that 99.5% of all reactions in the world are first order, meaning they vary with, they vary linearly with some, with one variable. And generally it's temperature. Temperature goes up, Hmm. rate goes up linearly. Like you, you raise the temperature 20%, the rate goes up 20%. It's not a quadrant it's not a rate goes the temperature goes up 20 percent rate goes up 40 percent or rate goes down 40 percent right it's not that kind of thing they either go up or they go down depending on whether they're endothermic or exothermic like i can do this stuff until like you know try and make this as clear as possible while i'm probably making it as open no 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 you're doing great good tom lamago is here so i mean if you have a question this is where we are right this is the physical reality because at the end of the day economics does not exist in our heads it's all of our behaviors. And it's people. And our behaviors are all governed by these basic laws of thermodynamics and these basic laws of the universe, hmm. like it or not, because things are scarce. We all have scarce time on this planet, and it costs energy to, to like turn stuff into other stuff. <laughs> and when there's not enough energy to turn stuff into other stuff, because the energy is in hunk, you know, the energy is in the ground over there, and we need it in New York, and there's nobody to get it from the ground over there to the, where it's needed in New York, everything stops. And that's where we are now. If you'd like to join the show, we are live here this afternoon. It is about quarter after 12 Central Time. Patrick at OneRadioNetwork.com or 888-663-6386. So I, I still don't, I'm kind of a big vision guy, but I don't, I don't see where this, I mean, I just, it's hard for me to even imagine, Tom Luongo, where we are five years from now. Can you Nostradamus us and let us know? I mean, no. No, I mean, because they're just going to keep buying stuff, right? The the Fed's going to keep printing money, right? They're just going to do it. They've got no other, what else are they going to do? They don't have any other choice. If they want to stay in power, they have to keep doing what they're doing. That's right. Okay. But But eventually, that means that they have to go from bribing us with free money. Right. With the leftover free money that they've already spent right right that's what we've been doing for the last 55 years the bankers have all been getting rich because they spend 95 percent of the money first they get five percent to us and go hey you know would you vote for more of this well, <laughs> well they gave us five percent well, yeah it's not too bad right um even though they stole 50 percent of our money and then they want to get five percent of it back because you know the government can do nothing but break our legs and hand us a crutch and say see without us you can't even walk so <laughs> that's where we it's not even my line it's harry brown i like so, it it's um, good. i like it i love it right it's, <laughs> it's so good i have to use it whenever i can so but it's but once you've reached this event horizon once you've reached right. the limit of the math right once you've reached the point where no one believes the debt is repayable once you believe and and so few people believe that the money has any value right right 
when the confidence in the people who are running the show has been collapsed. That's when everything, like that's when the consensual that's when it gets fun, right? That's hallucination what, yeah. of all of this pops and it all just collapses. And everybody goes, and everybody wakes up and goes, what have we been doing? <laughs> and then you look up and you go, yeah, well, duh, Bitcoin's 62000 well, gold is only $1,700. I know there's a reason for that because they've been trying to keep you in the matrix to say, yeah, no, that really is air that, that you're breathing <laughs> and the steak tastes good, even though it's dog crap. And, um, hey. you know, and you're not a battery for their, you know. But hey, we're going we're gonna to cut methane their, by 30%. So we're going to kill some more cows, you know, and not eat them. And they want you to eat soil and now cream. they're feeding cows kelp in order to keep them from farting and oh like is that, is that right? but, but you know you know what'll help you know what'll happen they're feeding them seaweed but the seaweed doesn't have enough protein in it to keep the cows alive so eventually the cows will just die like it's all dumb like <laughs> I, i'm not saying that we shouldn't be that the idea of not feeding cow seaweed isn't a, i'm fine I'll, I'll supplement my goats with whatever makes them happy i don't right. care and as long as the milk tastes good and the meat tastes good and they're healthy i don't care and if they can come up with a better way of of of, of making it work great but cow farts are actually keeping us from getting cold because we're going into a, we're heading into a grand solar minimum. We're heading into the, the we're at the end of this solar cycle. Things are going to get really ugly. We're living on the last of the borrowed time, as the end of this as we reach the peak of solar cycle twenty five, the eleven year cycle. We're four years into it. It's an eleven year cycle. That means the peak is about oh I don't know about eighteen months away because I can do math because I can divide eleven by two and get five and a half. Oh, we're four years in. You so know, you think it's going to start getting colder like, soon? So soon. on the other side of that, the mm. the sun will start to go mm. down mm. and the output will start to go down after having warmed the planet for the last 300 years and melted some of the ice caps. And then we're going to have an ice. And then, you know, all that cold water that's mixing, that's coming down out of the north, that's been mixing with the jet stream, stream pushing it down and making those winters in Europe so cold, which they've been and they're going to be this year. And you better hope that it isn't like, I don't know about anybody else, but I'm like, I think everybody should fart as much as possible because <laughs> if CO2 really does warm the planet, then maybe we should be farting. Yeah. And we re really want to make more cows that fart more because farting can save the world. Like, you know, run that by Greta Thunberg and let her, uh, and you know, let her smoke that. I don't know. <laughs> it's like, it's, but that's, I mean, if CO2 is so bad, why aren't we farting more? <laughs> and why are we planting trees? Are you, are you prepared? I mean, are you prepared the for fact that these people hate trees, right? Because yeah. they they want to starve them. Are you prepared? And I don't like starving. Are you prepared trees, for so like farting, so for them to, to turn to, off to the feed the trees? Are you prepared for them to turn off your grid this winter, Tom Luongo? Are you ready? Uh, the grid. Uh, if, I, that if they were going to turn off the grid, they would have done it this summer. Huh. They were they were telling us. Wow. Hold on for a second. I think my connection is a little unstable. No, sure it's it's probably on. me. You know, don't worry. It's probably. Is it you? Well, if it is, it, it may or may not be. Okay, Whatever. but you were you were asking. I yeah, think about, asking the about the grid. You know, some people are concerned about that that they might try it again, like in yeah. Texas. Yeah. yeah. Well, they may, and you know, they were really telling us like for the twentieth anniversary of nine eleven is what that was the time when they right. if they were going to pull this, they would have pulled it with the twentieth anniversary of nine eleven, right? Think so? And they didn't do so. And so now you ask yourself the question: Well, if they didn't do so, then what? cause that to not happen if you want my honest opinion yeah, i do reading the the uh the, the the geopolitical scene as i have and i do and i keep up with you know all of this i have a distinct feeling that that at that biden putin summit back in june you and i've talked about this yeah. the last time i think it was the last time i was on 
I said, I'm sorry, but I know that the Russians laid down the law to the the uh, to the the State Department, the, the 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 intelligence services, because the military knew this, which is that the Russians are serious, and if they invade in Ukraine, there's going to be a war, and it's going to be a hot war, and they're not just going to protect the Donbass, breakaway republics in southeastern Ukraine. They're going to take the whole southern half of the country, landlock Kiev, and let the whole, and then let them stew in their own in their own juices, right? But at the same time, with all of this going on, I'm firmly convinced with the rhetoric that had been coming out of Putin all year that he told Mr. Schwab and Mr. Soros and Mr. Gates and all the rest of them, if you attempt to take down the global internet with a cyber attack, we know where you live. Ooh, that's good, right? That's good for us. Yes. But that's... Yes. Yeah. Good. I. This is my read. No one would ever admit this. I, I'm probably the only one saying it. I don't. I, but I know Putin well enough to know that that his his speech at this year's virtual Davos mm-hmm. back in February, mm-hmm. where he literally being interviewed by Klaus Schwab, and he told Klaus Schwab to his face, "The Fourth Industrial Revolution is stupid. The Green New Deal is dumb. Ever, all these things that you want to do may be okay, maybe a great in conception for the next hundred years." to implement if the people want it, but the people have to want it. You can't make that happen. That is not our job, and I will not go along with this. Xi Jinping said the same damn thing. Did he? While giving lip service to climate change. They both gave lip service to climate change. Sure, we're Russian. We'll plant more trees. We have all the forests in the world. We'd be happy to. We'll... If you want to sink carbon, great. Give us the carbon credits and we'll sink all the car- we'll, we'll sink all the carbon and, and plant a billion trees if that's what you want us to do. We're more than well more than happy to go along with whatever the community wants to go along with on our own time at our own place and at our own speed, but under no circumstances are you going to um, turn people into robots that, you know, upload their consciousness into the metaverse and turn them into batteries. That's not happening. <laughs> and if you think you're going to do that and you're going to destroy everybody's ability to heat their homes and feed their families, I'm here to tell you that that's not going to happen. And I, Putin said this explicitly. So this, all this narrative for three months where they were going around with the big cyber, you know, uh, their dry run thing that they did in the summer, right? I remember the cyber right. polygon event, just like they did with, you know, the, the dry run for COVID-19. I'm like, Putin was there. Putin sent people there. He said the Russians were represented. And I'm sure they all said, and if you try this in, for real, in real life, this is what we're going to do to you. I hope you're right. Here's boy. the game plan. I hope you're right. Man. Gone. No. Yeah. Like, he's like not going to do it because he, he understood exactly what the, he, he talked just explicitly about cyber attacks, the grid going down, the amount of damage that would do to real people's lives and everything else. And he just basically said, no, I'm not going along with that. You didn't hear that out of any other world leader's mouth in 2021. They were all silent on it. So if they were gonna go after this thing, they would have done it back in uh, with the 20th anniversary of 9-11. It's still in their back pocket. If things get bad and and the opposition to the vaccine passports and which, and yeah. the political situation in the United States continues to firm up against them, which is what's happening. 
then yeah. I fully expect for them as cornered animals to strike back one more time. And then at that point, they all get like, that's why I'm still long. Yep. I'm just going to make it simple. I'm long rope and guillotine. Yeah. No, I, I think. I'm not, you know, you know, that, I mean, I'm also long U.S. assets and gold and crypto. But at the same time, I'm also long rope and guillotine. You know, that feels right to me, sure. what you've just said. I think that, as you know, that there is incredible pushback. We, we've been posting things on Telegram all over the world on this vaccine right. passport thing. Yep. Last night was a not a good night for the globalists. You know, it was not a good night for them, right? It was a terrible night for It was the a terrible night for them. It was a terrible night. And, and so you're, you're, I think it seems right that if, 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 they, if they start to see that they're really losing control, they could, you know, they could do something really oh, yeah. weird, they're, right, they're, Tom? Be heartened by what we're seeing, but right. at the same time understand that they're not done yet. Yeah. <laughs> they're not done yet. Yeah. Okay, because yeah. they're not done yet. Yeah. Like, because they don't realize that, you know, they still think that they're in control. Yeah, they still think that they have the, they still have everything running. They still think that they've got their fallback plans in place and their people and you know the enough cops to enforce this stuff. And they may have these people and have enough cops in Australia. That's nice, but they don't have them here in the United States. Yeah, and I, you know, I mean. The, did you? I, I saw something. I, I love to pull it up. I, I saw there was a quote from Ron DeSantis. I think it said he said just the governor here in Florida. He said um, a recession is when you is when your neighbor loses his job. Right. A depression is when you, you lose, lose your job, and a recovery is when Anthony Fauci loses his. <laughs> That's correct. I didn't. I didn't see that. DeSantis said that last night. I'm like. God bless. Oh, dude. God bless. Like, I need to send you fifty bucks. Like I don't. I don't. I, that's just good comedy. Like, <laughs> did you see in, in Texas? You know, he did the EO for the no more vaccine mandates uh, Abbott, but now they're doing it in the legislature too. Here, Tom, in Texas, yeah. to pass this thing, saying no way. So that would mean uh, American Airlines and also Southwest can't do it. Just can't do it. You guys got to right. move. It's, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's over. Yeah. It, it. It. The whole thing is already over. Yeah. And it's over. It's very clear that if you, I, and I don't want to get into the deep, you know, what I, I I'm not going to get into my, the, the deep ideas of what I think is going on. I'm going to keep those things to my, close to my vest because who the hell wants to tip your hand as to what they let, let them know what you actually think of them or what do you think yeah, is going on? I understand. I have my ideas about what's going on here. Don't, if I avoid talking about the worst aspects of COVID 19, it's for strategic and tactical purposes. I agree. It is not because I'm not hip to, What's, what's going, going on? on yeah i understand okay. so i understand um just remember that so <laughs> i so I, I stay away from it on purpose because i like having a voice and i don't really feel the need to get to have it taken away from me yet um i understand so because it's important to understand what if you understand what their goals were with this thing which a lot of people, which enough people, you know, do. And I, and again, I will also caution everybody about going too far about where you think this thing is was actually conceived. Like, I'm not, you know, I'm I'm not against the concept of viruses. I'm not against the concept of virology. I'm not against any of these things. I actually don't even think we need to go there in order to debunk everything that they've done. Like, I think you keep you, you keep the you keep it in your pants ultimately about where, how far down the rabbit hole you want to go, because really you only need to go about, you know, down to the second floor to, uh, to tease out what's what the real plan is. Cause it's all just politics. Okay. It's all just politics and eugenics. Yes, sir. I, I That's what this is about. I hear. Okay. And, and, you know, once you realize that 
they firmly believe in this climate change nonsense in order to get people to willingly put themselves in a situation where you know where the bad people need to be killed or starved to death and the ones who survive say well yeah good they deserved it that's where we are today yeah. i mean look when you have msnbc come out this morning after last night's election and joy reed basically say that you know all white people white nationalism is on the rise again in virginia when they just elected a gun-toting black female lieutenant governor it's amazing like she's the face of white nationalism <laughs> she's black <laughs> The details, you know. This, this is how ludicrous these people are. I know. I know. And uh, Patrick, it's not just the it's not just the, the 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 visceral reaction to saying it's not right for my neighbor to lose his job because he doesn't want to get vaccinated. Yeah, there are a bunch of people. I live north of Gainesville, Florida. Like I, I can tell you, you know, there's plenty of people who think that that way in that town, and they're still only ten percent of the population. Yeah. I so where do you think what do you think it looks like in every other city in Florida or most of Georgia or most of the rest of the world where people aren't irretrievably insane? 1%, 2%? Sure, most of those people are on Twitter and TikTok, but who cares? And most of the people that are on Twitter and TikTok are bots anyway. Or not TikTok, because you know they actually have to show up, but on Twitter they're all bots. So it's all this ridiculous amplification of non-existent ideas promulgated by people who are fake to the gills and scared out of their minds over things that are phantoms. Okay. And the rest of us have all woken up and gone, that's just not right. And yeah. so a lot of people have the very basic visceral reaction to say, okay, the vaccine passport is a step too far. I don't know why it is, but it's a step too far. It just is. That logic doesn't scan. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and injecting my five-year-old who has zero chance of dying from COVID is also too far. Yeah. And denying them an education because they don't have it is absolutely a step too far. I thought you people worked for me. Oh, no. I show up to the school board meeting and the attorney general of the United States puts out a memo calling them domestic terrorists. Yes. And then they wonder why they lost in Virginia. Yeah. They lost. In and <laughs> that's the face of white nationalism. Yeah. Uh, Tom, I, I could do a quick break here. Tom Luongo, Patrick sure. Timpone, Gold, Goats and Guns. We're going to tell you how you can become a... And, you know, I mean, this fellow makes a lot of sense to me. And uh, you can get his Patreon thing, and uh, two or three times a week, he'll send you stuff, and we're going to tell you how to do that after this. One of the very first things I do in the morning is come sit at my meditation chair, and that's when I take my dual-extracted mushrooms from Sir Thrival, the chaga and the reishi. Both of these mushrooms are immunomodulators. If you had too strong of an immune system, like autoimmunity, it'll help to down-regulate and calm the immune system. If you have too weak of an immune system, like an immunodeficiency, they help to upregulate or strengthen your immune system. So whatever you're dealing with, they help to bring your immune system to balance. In addition to being immunomodulators and adaptogens, Chaga is probably best known for its extremely high ORAC value or antioxidant content. It scavenges the body of free radicals. And reishi has a long history being used in conjunction with meditation and for reaching higher states of consciousness. And that's why I like to take these right before my meditation. There's a lot of medicinal mushroom supplements on the market to choose from, 
but most are made with cheaply produced mushrooms grown on grain and either ground up and put in capsules or extracted in non-organic alcohol. Survival does it differently. We use wild harvested chaga and organic certified wood-grown reishi fruit bodies, not the mycelial extract. And then we use an organic alcohol and a hot water extraction method and then recombine so you get the full benefits of these extremely high quality mushrooms. I've known Daniel Vitalis, who that fellow, the bearded guy for over 12 years. We've been selling his products, promoting them for 12 years. Wonderful guy, really really uh, uh, into quality. Everything is in Myron glass, like this one, the pure pollen potency thing. I'm going to take a little head here now. And uh, everything's in Myron glass. And uh, uh, great products. Shaga, the Rishi, as he talked about. Colostrum, pure pollen potency. Also, this little guy, this is a new one. This is a CBD oil that's uh, very, very good as well. You can go on One Radio Network, check out any survival link on OneRadioNetwork.com and uh, try these products. Get yourself some pine pollen. Um, this is uh, a company that we've been working with for a long time, Andreas Seed Oils. And this is also in Myron Glass. We only, we only promote the best here, folks, the best that we can. And he has seed oils like pumpkin seed oil, coriander seed oil, black cumin seed oil, sunflower oil. Uh, these are not PUFAs, the polyunsaturated fatty acids which are not good for us, but these are um, oils that will really, really strengthen you and can really strengthen you. This is for guys, pumpkin seed oil, one of the best things ever for your little prostate guys and also your bladder. If you pee in the middle of the night a lot, uh, pumpkin seed oil will help you with that. And uh, then finally here, another, I want to plug this one. This is a new product that uh, we've known about for years. We used to sell it about 10 years ago. And uh, the company, they had uh, all kinds of issues. And then uh, we got back with them now. This is called Superfood. It's a microalgae. There's four of them. This was put together by the Russian government. That's right, the Rushkis. You know how they are with their athletes trying to get them stronger and stronger. They won the win in the Olympics. That's what this thing was about. And they hired a fellow about 20, long time ago, to come up with this microalgae combination and uh, they put them in bioreactors. They're using water. This is true, 2,000 feet uh, um, in, uh, under a volcano to make this. And this microalgae is not um, uh, exposed to the uh, atmosphere and to any pollution. And Dr. Kiriak was at this and he worked at it for about 20 years for Russia, that long. And then it all stopped when Chernobyl hit, but now he has got figured out how to way to bring it in from Russia and we're promoting this product. You can feel this. These are just little bitty small uh, green little guys so you can you can eat a lot of them at one time. You know, I do about 10 or 12 a day and this is one product you can really feel. So these are some products and this is how we promote ourselves. OneRadioNetwork.com Just click on the website uh, OneRadioNetwork.com and buy these products and that's how you that's how I make my house payment. Broadcasting from the beautiful hill country in Texas, this is OneRadioNetwork.com. Tom Luongo, TomLuongo.me. Now, is that a separate website from Gold Goats and Guns and Goats and Goats? Two, two different websites, right? No, it's, just, it's, it's, it, no, it's the same thing. Same thing. 
Same it, thing. It, that's the name of the blog. The, the 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 site is actually that. We also own goldgoatsandguns.com. It's the same thing. And how do you? Uh, and then the Patreon. And then you know, the 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 newsletter is 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 handled through Patreon. Patreon is the Patreon different. Thing. It's yeah. not my WordPress bot. So that's a service that handles all the back end and everything else. So, so you you have things uh, several times a week, and then you have the newsletter, and then you have the the videos where you do the charts and everything. Yeah, all that stuff is for patrons. That's and for all patrons. that stuff is handled through Patreon. Mm-hmm. The public work is all is, is all published on. Uh-huh. And uh, what is that? On the what do I pay? Blog. Like twelve bucks a month? Is it something like that? Twelve? Yeah, the newsletter is twelve, and the uh, which gives you access to everything, okay. all the private posts and everything, and then uh, yeah, so that's great. Twelve dollars a month for the for a full for full portfolio, two forty minute video podcasts with technical analysis twice a week and anywhere from two to three other posts a week as well cheaper twice uh, the price that, brother Cheap anything twice that pops up in my head that i really want to talk about <laughs> yeah hey what was what was that uh that that crypto thing where some guy made five billion dollars in a in a week you know that Shiba. Oh, so what was yeah, that thing like, tell okay. us about what was that I, I i hate to talk about like stupid crypto do you because stupid crypto projects just amplify the the narrative of crypto's a scam. Crypto crazies, right. Right, which, you know, the Federal Reserve loves and Davos loves and all these people love because they're trying to desperately keep their system from collapsing. And crypto is the real danger to that because it's, you know, good crypto. I'm not talking about Bitcoin and, you know, good, solid, purple work okay. projects. Okay, well, we, need to, we don't need to talk about that well. one then. Yeah, I'm so. talking about but Shiba Inu coin yeah. is yeah. nonsense. It's garbage. It's like Dogecoin. They created Do- these a bunch of guys in, on 4chan created Do- Dogecoin years ago in order to be able to tip them, tip each other in, in worthless tokens. Hmm. It was designed in the ground up to be worthless. And so we live in this stupid world of market cap based um, valuation. Now, this is the same thing with like, this is why the wealth tax was dumb, right? Elon Musk doesn't have $300 billion. Elon Musk has $300 billion with the Tesla stock. Hmm. That is not the same thing. If Elon <laughs> Musk were to try and sell his position in Tesla, Tesla's stock would no longer be worth three hundred billion. His stock would no longer be worth three hundred billion. He would maybe realize seventy-five or sixty billion dollars out of the whole thing. Because he's selling he it, crash the market. Because there isn't three hundred billion dollars worth of demand at the current price for his stock. Do you think Especially about this? Since stuff. it's you his think about stock. Yeah. If it was my stock, and no one knew how I was. And I'm selling that into the market. I might get a better price, but Elon Musk has to file a 10K. He has to file this. He's a company. He's a company um, officer, and all the rest of it. So there's no way, it on God's green earth, is he would he ever be able to realize that wealth. This is why the wealth tax was dumb. So the same thing with something like Dogecoin or Shiba Inu coin or any of those other these. You can create a blockchain out of nothing. No one's using it. But if people want to bid it up and like play the Ponzi scheme game with it, they're more than welcome to you know go play roulette, right. which is exactly what this is. I see. Okay, yes. and it and it and it continues to underscore the behavior that the Fed induces, not just the Fed, but central banking and debt-based fiat currency that that multiplies that base money mm-hmm. that way. It. In, encourages and incentivizes that kind of behavior. It ingrains it deeply into the society. 
And if everybody wasn't so freaking poor in real terms, because the government sucks up all their profit and, and then some in taxes, and then again gives them back five bucks and says, see, hey, look, without us, you couldn't even, you couldn't even eat. Yeah. Right? I'm with you. Um, so um that's so that's that encourages people to the, the point is that encourages people to get into this you know this this ridiculous hey can i get rich quick thing yeah and then i don't have to worry about it anymore so then a guy who buys a whole who puts two thousand dollars in the shiba Inu coin he goes you know he can see this behavior and he's not dumb the thing goes up seventy four thousand percent in a week he's got three billion of it they've listed on coinbase which was really dumb and then they just have to end finance and they all have to go well yeah we don't have enough cash to to uh to redeem that because then he wants to cash out like there aren't enough dollars available for him to cash out so you think coinbase is sitting around with three billion or four billion dollars in cash to just you know cash him out try that at the casino and see what happens and then they take you in the back room and they break your leg <laughs> that's right like you know this is this is reality nice place you're not allowed to win that kind of money there's not a because it, it exposes the fact that there isn't that much liquidity out there. Hmm. Yeah. Nice place you got here, right? And you want to keep it like that? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, oh. you want to keep it like that. Sounds okay. good. So I mean, no, seriously, you get your legs out, you're like, well, no, you can't cash all those chips out tonight. You can cash out hundred million today, two hundred million tomorrow. You know. He can cash out his three billion dollars out of Coinbase, fifty thousand dollars at a time. It'll take him until the end of your end of his grandchildren's lifetime to cash it all out by then of course it'll be worth zero well what's this cop 26 about now um uh, putin didn't show up she didn't show up uh, what do nope. these guys think they're doing and what do you think they're going to co- pull off with well, this well, climate thing what, biden was supposed biden was supposed to show up he did and he fell asleep with all the legislation in place oh and set it all in motion because if once the united look the big problem with, 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 with COP15 or COP21, whatever it was in 2015 when they announced the Paris Accords, the big problem with the Paris Accords was that they couldn't get it through the American legislature. Obama signed this up for it through executive order and because we, we didn't have the legislation in place to be um, uh, on board with, you know, down with, like how I like to put it, down with the common turn. So, and then Trump got into power and they said, well, well, you know, we'll just wait until Hillary gets in the power and then we'll have the Democrats and then we'll pass all the legislation we need to do that during Hillary's term. Mm-hmm. And we'll, uh, you know, we'll add it to, we'll amend it to a budget and we'll get it all done and we'll destroy the American economy that way. Hillary didn't win. Trump got into power. First thing he did was say, nope, we're out of the Paris Accords. We're out of the TTIP. <laughs> we're out of the TPP. We're out of all of this stuff because all this stuff is nonsense and you globalists suck. Um, <laughs> and one of the one of the bright moments in American history. The man should be on Mount Rushmore just for saying those things. Um, <laughs> and then, you know, he should be then be wiped off of Mount Rushmore for everything else he said. That's right. But, well. uh, you know, like, like so, you and then you should blow his head up after that for everything else he said. But uh, look, <laughs> the, the point being is that this summer, after they did all this to get Biden in office, they were supposed to have this done in July. Really? Oh, yeah. And he went there when with Chris, nothing. Kirsten Sinema in July said, you know what? Uh, no. And then COVID wasn't supposed to burn out this quick. Like everything was supposed to, all this stuff was by October on their Gantt chart of how we're going to take over the world and what we have and what who has to do what, when, and how, and why. By November, it was all supposed to be done. Hmm. 
So Joe showed up with nothing. And the only thing they got done, the only thing they got done was the German elections. Everything else has failed. So where do they, you know, where do they think they're going to get this 10, 20 or 30 or 20 trillion dollars from to do this green stuff? I mean, from us? You. You, me? Good. Thanks. Yeah, good luck. Good luck with that. Like, I'm I don't not have working it. for that. I, like, everybody I know is just going to go golf. Like, they're all just going to go John Galt and they'll live out in the woods and say, you know, no, sorry. And then they are, yeah, okay, fine. We're, we're good with that, too, because, well, then we're winning on climate change. Yeah, but I got news for you. If their drivers don't show up to work one day and there are no, and there's, there are no Swiss chocolates for them to eat mm-hmm. and there's no coffee at the cafe, um, what do you do then? Yeah. Like, it, this is the same thing the Soviet commissars ran into at the end of the Soviet Union. This is where we are. I, uh-huh. they, they need to wake up one day and realize, Mr. Schwab needs to wake up one day and realize his driver is going to shoot him. <laughs> you realize that, right? He's going to get in the car one day and he's just, the guy's going to be like, you know, my daughter was, was denied medical treatment because she didn't have a vaccine or she didn't have this mm. or she didn't have that. And that's how he's going to die. Right. I mean, this is how these these stories are going to end. Of course, it will never be reported that way. And then it will be some, you know, but this is how this stuff is going to end. It's going to end in chaos and violence. And they're the ones who unleashed it. So why should we be? So at the end of the day, why should we be surprised? Not that anybody wants it to happen this way. I'm not advocating for this. I'm not saying I think it's it's a good idea to go out and shoot Koshwab or any of, of those. Not. Things. not. No. No. Absolutely against all of that. Yes. I'm telling you what I see. Yeah. And what I see is, is if you're going to use this level of violence against us at some point, don't be surprised when we use that amount of violence against you, because it's what's going to happen when everybody loses everything. As Gerald Salenti puts it, when everybody, when you, when, when someone loses everything, they lose it. And they lose it. Yeah. And there's a lot of people who just, who lost it. I mean, if they didn't get the memo in 2016, when they elected Trump, when we elected Trump and they said to us, I was talking to my partner about this the other day, and he used the metaphor. He's like, yeah, they told us not to smoke in the car. So we set the car on fire, and we drove it off a cliff. <laughs> Don't tell us what to do. <laughs> you libertarian, you, God. Uh, Tom Luongo is with us. Just, no, not, no, no, the statists did this. <laughs> the, 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 the union guys did this. They elected Trump, not me. That's true. I didn't elect Trump. I mean, I voted for him because he was hilarious. But... <laughs> <laughs> you know, just just to see the look on their faces, was, that was worth everything. I didn't care if he got anything done. It was a lot of fun. Again, you tell me not to smoke in the car, and I'm gonna, you know, light the back seat on fire and and you know, wank the wheel and drive the thing off the cliff and go. Now what? <laughs> when, when What's your-, your plan now? What's plan R? Uh, I don't know. Yeah. Um, Die in a fiery plane crash. Die in a fiery car crash. Yeah, t- tell like, me what this uh, this SPAC thing that Trump did and raised five billion. SPAC. I haven't been following that at oh, all. Oh yeah, I haven't been. Oh, I, he, like, SPACs. He, I don't even like. I didn't even want to get into SPACs because I don't know enough about them to. Oh, he raised five to, billion bucks for a media. They're thing. so far off my radar. I could care less. It's just more financialization of. You know, it's just more ways of getting around people, getting around yeah. stupid SEC regulations to, to do stuff and, and incorporate. And the SPACs are dumb. And, you know, okay. it is what it is. Never mind. I get I, this, I I get this yeah. question for a lot. This is from Sylvester. And this is a good question. 
Does your guest think that long-term Bitcoin will be here? Is it a long-term play? Absolutely. Absolutely. You got, you have, are you a 10 on a 10 there? Absolutely. Bitcoin's winning every day. Wow. Now, whether or not they're going to like destroy its ability to rise in price, sink liquidity in, into you know a thousand different black holes like they've done with gold and yada yada yada, oh, that's a different question. Now, wait, I don't know what you just but said there. You right? tell me how they're going to stop the blockchain. No, okay, but I want. I'm, I've been listening to it for 13 years now how they're going to stop the blockchain. In 2005, before Bitcoin was even a moat in, in in Satoshi Nakamoto's eye, whoever he is. I, we were saying the same thing about Napster and Livewire hmm. and BitTorrent, okay? Like, it's the same thing. Distributed networks over TCP IP are not stoppable if the people don't want them stopped. I keep telling people all the time, you tell me they can, they can control the Bitcoin blockchain, and I have three words for you. The Pirates Bay. Hollywood's been trying to shut down the Pirate Bay for 20 years. The free film thing? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Movies, TV, porn, whatever. Music, books, you name it. Like, they dude, if you want free books, they're out there. Mm. Because people can, can OCR scan their books into PDFs or, or whatever, and they put them up on the internet and they can't stop them. Yeah, you can get them for copyright infringement and everything else. Fine. Okay, so you now have to spend money to police every website on the internet, every node, every this, every that. These people honestly do believe that they have control of what I call the wire. And what's the wire? The wire is all means of communication and, and data transfer. They believe they have control over the wire. Money is the wire. The internet's the wire. Phones are the wire. Your cars are the wire. All of it's the wire. They think they control all of that. And they think that if they can control the source and the way this stuff moves, that they can control everything. Well, they don't control the wire anymore because they don't control the internet. They don't control our ability to move information across the internet just, in an encrypted, decentralized fashion. They can shut down. Why do you think in 2005 <clears throat> or somewhere around there, you know, the NSA was desperate to try and to, to try and shut down certain nodes on the major hubs on the internet and get only the major telco companies like AT&T and World, at the time WorldCom and a few others to be the only ones who could be internet service providers for the backbone. Why? Because those to them, that, that those are single points of failure and choke points where they could then control the information that went across Atlanta's wires so that they had a hub and spoke mm -hmm. um, network for the internet so that if they wanted to they could shut atlanta down and then that denies florida you know everybody points south information right unfortunately tcp ip doesn't work that way which is the language of the internet which is the transport la layer of the internet it doesn't work that way it sees outages as a feature of the network not a bug and it knows how to reroute and you, it reroutes so well that they can't stop it so bitcoin's not going anywhere you really and understand this stuff. Quantum not going to stop it, and Tether's not going to take it down. None of this FUD that you have heard, every stupid note coiner from Peter Schiff to whomever is an idiot, and stop listening to them. You don't have to like Bitcoin. You don't have to love it. You don't even have to buy any of it, but it's not going anywhere. They can destroy, they can destroy its ability 
to transmit value by con- by eventually getting control of it. And like we talked about earlier with Shiba Inu coin, there are 14 or 20 equally good, if not better, technological replacements for Bitcoin on the market as of right now today, trading anywhere from $0.08 cents to $250, depending on the ticker symbol. Wow. And they can take over what Bitcoin's doing now. So you don't. So they take over Bitcoin. Fine. We all move to Monero. No. Now we have a real privacy layer. You don't like? They figure out. But they figure out Monero's ring signature privacy system. Fine. We all move over to Decred or, or Zcash or Dash or pick another one. Pirate Chain. And then once they go to Pirate Chain, forget it. They're done. <laughs> they all push us into something like Pirate Chain, which is has so complete freaking privacy really? of our transactions. Really? It's unbelievable. And it's three layers deep technology, security technology. I Meaning you got to hack simultaneously, hack three different blockchains. Now, is Pirate Chain including a, a, Bitcoin a, a a system or I, is it a you're particular never going to crypto? Block, you're never going to take their those, those people's money from them. Yeah. You're never going to undermine its validity. What What if they made Period. Bitcoin illegal? What would happen? So. So it would it would slow what it would do is it would drive all the it would drive all all the current liquidity underground and everybody who's sitting on a big pile of coins across the entire crypto space would now finally have to get serious about building transaction networks. So they make big. So when they made drugs illegal, did that stop the drug trade? No. Made it bigger. Yeah, I made it bigger. Created an economic incentive enforced with violence. That matched the level of violence the state was willing to use to stop the drug trade. When they made class three machine guns illegal, did that stop the production of class three machine guns? No. Why? Because the drug dealers needed the class three machine guns to enforce to, to to enforce the to, to protect their businesses from the enforcement of the drug laws against by using class that against cops that were using class three weapons to stop them like it's at the end of the day if the demand for the thing is there the demand will be expressed the last thing the government actually wants to do is ban bitcoin because the minute they do it because they all know. of a sudden we go hey man i'll take bitcoin for that mm-hmm. i won't go hey yeah no just give me dollars it's easier. Just give me dollars. I don't want to have to like deal with anything else. I just give me dollars. So, and if they raise the, and moreover, if they raise the taxes too high, they'll reach that point as well. They're already pushed the taxes on cryptos to the point where it's dangerous for them from a, from an architectural standpoint. The only reason people put up with it is because Bitcoin and the entire crypto space are still in the process of finding its total addressable market and finding its final value relative to the the the, the fake fiat world. And once it does fully express that valuation, it's at that point that taxation will be normalized or eliminated hmm. because people will just go, you know what, I won't use Bitcoin anymore. Bitcoin surveillance coin. I won't use it. Prove it, and then everybody in the and then everybody in the. Why do you think they want central bank digital currency so bad? Yeah, they want everybody's all of everybody's transactions everywhere in a database that they can then call up at a moment's notice, do a SQL query, and go. This is what you owe us in real time. That's where they're going, right? That's that's the plan. That's what their plan is, and crypto is your best against the defense against that. 
depending on which project you decide you want to back. And yet every gold, no gold only, no coiner does not under, does not compute that if you want gold to find its true value, Bitcoin has to put the pressure on the existing financial system, the Fed, the ECB, and the rest of it, and Davos, where their balance sheets start to erode in value to the point where they need to let gold rise because who owns all the damn gold? Central Not bank. me. Central banks, right? Central banks own 95% of the gold, which is how they can control the price. So if you want to beat them hmm. and you want your gold to go up in value, every gold bug listening to my voice, go out today and buy a Bitcoin. How does rising gold Simple, help Simple, because at some point, if Bitcoin goes to $500,000... Right, which it could. Oh, which it's going to do. <laughs> it's going to do. Wow. Uh, it's it's going to do. 2024, 2028, at some point, it's going to go there. When that happens, yeah. then the, like, the central banks... like We're worried about a debt deflation we're worried about a debt implosion we're worried about every what are we even talking about the confidence in these people to run this system is collapsing because this system no longer regenerates has an engine to generate wealth right if it's an engine that can't generate wealth it no longer serves the people if it doesn't serve the people eventually the people are going to go look for a different system they're building it now they're building it in crypto like it or not you don't have to like it I didn't like Microsoft Word for 20 years. Guess what? I still use it to do my business every day. You know yes, why? Sir. Because Microsoft won. Because it works. Yeah. And we're perfect loss. <laughs> it doesn't matter whether you like it or not. It's what's there. Right. You can be wrong about technology and get the hell over yourself and go buy some. Hmm. This is a hard... This is the only reason I'm not a multi-billionaire. <laughs> because I backed good tech... I, bought, I backed good losing technology as opposed to bad winning technology. I mean, come on. Yeah. Who, who shouldn't have been buying Microsoft at $9 a share in 1989? Like, what are you, nuts? <laughs> Duh. I had, on. I, so, had, I had Whole Foods at $10 I, a know, share like, one time. I and, can't you know, get this oh, through to you no, that when the central banks are trapped and the debt is deflating, the only weapon they're going to have at, this, at that moment is the gold on their balance sheet. You opened the show asking me about the balance sheet. Yeah, uh, I'm practically going to close the show by saying their balance sheet is going to collapse. The Fed's balance sheet will be the last one to collapse. The ECBs will be the first one to collapse. The Bank of Japan's will be the next one to collapse after that. Then the Swiss National Bank, then the Fed. What does the collapse look the like, though? Tell me before you go, what does that look there. like when you say collapse? Say the Fed, for example, 8.5. The, 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 the rates are going to rise. The value of the debt, of the debt that they're holding, of all these treasuries and all these sovereign debt that they're holding on their balance sheets is going to have to be is, is effectively, the market is marking them down. Mark so them down. the ECB's balance sheet is 70% euro bonds. Okay. You think ours is bad? The ECB balance sheet is, is at least 70% as of today, euro, eurozone debt, most of which is trading at a negative nominal yield. Whoa. So if that is their balance sheet, oh. how overvalued is their balance sheet? I'll pit their balance sheet versus the Americans' balance sheet. Every Compared to the ECB, the Federal Reserve looks like the best-run hedge fund in the world. Hmm. So now, back up. Now really start to think about this. The ECB has at its disposal around 11,000 tons of gold. 11, all the sovereign debt of the countries that are on the euro standard. 11,000 tons. So 11,000 tons. 
So if the value of the sovereign debt on the ECB's balance sheet drops by, I don't know, let's, how about 30%? How about 50%? How about 80%? What if we start writing down Portuguese debt to 10 cents current Portuguese issued debt at you know, negative 0.5% that was issued at, or was issued at a negative 0.5% coupon is trading at 6%. Mm-hmm. What's that, what's that thing worth? 14 cents? I haven't, I can't do the bond equation in my head. Think about it. Run the, run the math. And now all of a sudden the value of gold that's offsetting that on the ECB's balance sheet has to go up by what? Oh, around seven times. If the ECB doesn't want to go bankrupt, which it can do because it doesn't have the ability to, uh, to issue unlimited money like the Federal Reserve. Federal Reserve can't go bankrupt. The Federal Reserve can just trash it. Because it can monetize anything. Destroy its product. Right. The ECB can go bankrupt. Martin Armstrong's been banging on this point for 15 years. The ECB can go bankrupt. No one wants to admit this. No one wants to talk about it. Because they can Why? only monetize. Davos is up to their eyeballs and trying to turn the ECB into the mark, the central bank of the world. I see. Right. Hmm. So, so, so the, let, let me ask push, you: the Federal Reserve Bank of New York have to rise in order to offset the the, the, the collapse of the ECB, and they're the, going to be the in, they're the ones going to be in there in the market, staying away from a lot from sitting on the price of gold the, during their trading hours, the, and the price of gold's going to rise. The Treasury allegedly has eight thousand tons of gold. Allegedly, the Federal Reserve Bank of New York do they have a stash as well? I, you're you're, I, you're asking me a question I can't answer. Okay, I don't know either. I don't. I, I mean, I have my opinions about it, but my opinion is irrelevant. No. Apparently, it's there. I do. I believe it's been leased out against futures contracts that are existing in the marketplace. Yeah, I probably believe that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So let me understand but, that before yeah, you do. Go. I, but do, do, but does it matter? No, no, it doesn't matter because I, at the end of the day, possession is ninety-five percent of the law. I still want to understand. The Fed's got about eight trillion in in. U.S. debt, you know, from the Treasury, from we the people, about eight trillion. No, no, no. They have eight. They have eight trillion dollars on their balance sheet. On their that balance is different. sheet, different. Okay. They do not have eight trillion dollars worth of Treasury bonds on their balance sheet. Okay, they don't. They have they eight don't. trillion. They don't in have paper. eight trillion dollars. They have eight trillion of paper. It, they don't have. It's a mixture. It's a mixture of things. Some of it is treasury debt. Some of it is mortgage-backed securities. No, Some of no, it is mortgage-backed securities are separate, Tom. I think they got two point five trillion MBS as I looked this morning. I'm gonna I'm gonna go look at the F. I'm gonna go pull up the H point four point one. Yeah, report pull, right pull now. It up there. Yeah. That's the Fed's balance sheet. Yeah, I know. That's what I looked right? at this morning. H four H four one release. Let's go look at it. Let's go take a look. I had it this morning. Looking today as of October twenty eighth, right. So, oh, we have $5.5 trillion in U.S. securities. Notes and bonds, $4.75 trillion. Yeah, $2.5 trillion in mortgage-backed securities, so that's $7 trillion. And then they have a trillion dollars in other stuff. Yeah, okay. So? Um, The $8,133 tons of gold? Yeah. Let's do that math. What's that worth? Is that what they say on their balance sheet? What what matters is N2. The Fed's balance sheet is kind of irrelevant. Like The Fed's going to let interest rates rise, and the value of that, that's going to go down. Go down. The Fed marks its gold on its balance sheet at $42.22. That's what I thought, yeah. So it's it's held on the balance sheet at $11 billion. Hmm. So, you know, multiply that by what? 45? So it's about $700 billion in real real assets? Hmm. Okay, and gold. So, you know, but it's not going anywhere. Now, now we have that. Um, 
the price of gold triples and now all of a sudden it's worth two trillion dollars and now all of a sudden the fed's balance sheet is 20 percent is 20 percent backed why do you think the fed's gonna gonna sell off that balance the, that 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 stuff they're gonna they're gonna get rid of that they're gonna reverse qe they're trapped don't get me wrong i'm not i'm not like defending the fed here or anything i don't like the fed the fed is terrible but the Fed is unfortunately the best asset we have to beat Davos, who are literally trying to kill off five and a half billion people and starve them and install global communism. Yes, sir. It doesn't matter what the Fed is doing. What the Fed is doing today is draining the world of dollars and forcing everybody else's assets to be marked down rapidly, while ours are marked down slowly. So our rates will rise what you want to start watching for is an acceleration of core european debt falling rates rising faster than american debt of the same maturity hmm. that's the key issue i've been tracking the german bund versus the u.s tenure for months now and it's very clear to me that the ecb begins to panic acutely the minute the German, the spread between the 10-year German Bund and U.S. Treasury, no, 10-year German Bund, 10-year U.S. Treasury, gets under 1.64%. It starts to approach that. It's being held in a very, very tight band. When it breaks out of that band to the downside, meaning German debt starts falling in price or rising in rate faster than American debt of the same maturity, that's capital flight out of Europe. That's going to snowball. And what is pushing that and what's going to push that rate down that that spread down a falling euro because anybody who's invested in the euro and is and is and is offset their euro risk with european sovereign debt right if the euro if their euro falls in price then the value of their bond fall their value of their hedge falls in value and that's what unwinds the system wow. so you can't have a falling currency and rising bond prices at this point not the ECB is desperate to keep the euro, the the euro strong in order to keep European sovereign debt prices high, and the Fed has been draining the world of dollars, forcing the euro down, and the ECB has been monetizing debt faster and faster and faster, or relative. And now, if the Fed tapers today, which by the time we get done with this, they'll have announced it. Yeah. What the what the schedule is? Uh, we can. It may even have already ha occurred. It's it just it just got announced eight minutes ago. And the ECB uh, Lagarde came out this morning, literally this morning, and said we have no intention of altering our plans relative to the Fed. So they're going to keep monetizing. The euro dropped like a rock. It's cr it's cratering towards a dollar fifteen. When it gets to a dollar fourteen, it's going to go to a dollar twelve. When it goes to a dollar twelve, it's going to a dollar six. Do you think the German? Do you think the German Bund is going to trade at a one point six five percent premium or a deficit to a premium? No, that's yeah. the, the Americans are trading at a premium. To, do you really think that under those circumstances that American debt should be trading at a higher yield than European debt? Which it is. Hmm. Don't you think it's that spread should be the opposite direction? The German tenure should be trading at maybe three and a half percent if the if the if the if the U.S. 10 years trading at 1.5, doesn't that make more sense in this environment with a falling? They've been they've made they've, they've made the stupid argument for two years now that the dollar is crashing. While the while the world is like doesn't know what to do, 
And so the political upheaval on Capitol Hill, where our leadership literally looks like a clown car on fire with nuclear weapons <laughs> running around the big top, threatening the nuke everybody, has everybody spooked. Last night, the American voters came out in, in places like New Jersey and New York and Virginia and Virginia and said nuts to that. And if you don't think the capital markets are going to chew off of that over the course of the next couple of months, as the Democrats go into the, the primary season with no legislation to run on and and their big donors all going to the Republicans, because who do you think their big donors are? The same people they just threatened with an unrealized capital gains tax. Like, if they don't steal the 2022 midterms, if they, I'll, let me put it to you this way. Yeah. As of right now, I will believe, I will consider the 2022 midterms stolen if the, the Republicans only gain 30 seats in the House. Wow. They should gain 70. It should be the biggest wipeout in the history of the Demo of any party in American electoral history, given the circumstances. You think it matters who the who, As of right who now. the Republicans put up? Do you think it matters? In twenty twenty two, no, we're talking about the House. Oh yeah, you're seventy in the seats in the House, three to five seats in the Senate. Twenty four. Yeah. I don't care about the twenty twenty four election because God knows we'll have, we actually we actually reach it. It'll depend on the twenty twenty two midterms. It'll depend on how scorched earth Davos goes. Expect them to go as scorched earth as possible. Okay, I, one more, and then Hope you that they don't. One more, then you get to go. This is from. Peter, Patrick's been been talking about this idea that Florida and Texas will succeed, maybe, and we'll just start our own new place. What does Tom think about that? I've been I've been handicapping the breakup of the United States since 2005. Have you? Good for you. I've been saying since 2005 that it would be led by Florida and Texas. Yes, sir. You have. I didn't know. I that. live in Florida. I understand. And Texas. I'm in Texas. Yeah. All right. Now. Do I think that's going to happen? Depends on how far the scorched earth policy of Davos goes. It mm. depends on how bad things get. Mm. Every, we don't want this to happen. Why? I'm not. Well, okay. Hold on. Let's stop for a second. The best way for me to put this. I'm taking off my libertarian hat. Oh, okay. I'm not a libertarian when I say this. This is me, the political analyst, purely. Philosophically, no, break the country up into 75 states. It would be good for the world. Yes, <laughs> but there's an order of operations to this that has to occur. Huh. And the first thing that has to happen is the United States needs to survive as a political entity the next seven to 10 years while Europe is literally destroyed and has to be rebuilt. Well. <clears throat> you have to destroy the EUSSR. They are the enemy. The Chinese are happy to cut us a freaking deal. They've made it abundantly clear. And if the Biden administration wasn't purposefully saber rattling over Taiwan and purposefully engaging in foreign policy that forces the Asians to save face, there would be no issues with, with China today. But these people in Davos are desperate to create a war between the United States and China such that we attack each other and all the capital runs to Europe. 
Oh, is that? It's games theory, folks. That's what they They're want. the weakest player at the table. How do you run the table? You get the you get the people in first and second place to fight. They wear themselves out. They destroy themselves. Capital flees uncertainty. It flees war. The United States going after Saddam Hussein is not a war. The United States going after Saddam Hussein is a couple of cops rousting a bar on the Upper East Side. <laughs> now, going after China and the Russians, different story. that's a war. That's a war, yeah. That's different. And that's the, what we're, and when you look at that, you look at the political situation on Capitol Hill, trying to un, desperately trying to undermine confidence. You look at what the Democrats tried to push through in terms of new taxation. It was horrific. It would have destroyed capital formation in the United States in perpetuity. And then we would have had a civil war. And then at that point, Davos has a, it's a classic win-win. We either destroy you politically or we destroy you politically. <laughs> Just from two different, because then Florida, Texas, and the other ones secede. Right. And then all of a sudden now it's a, now it's a, and now they don't have a unified, and now without a unified United States, now what? So we still need the vestiges. The world does. Putin is, by the way, is, is arguing my exact point regularly. He's not stating it in those terms, but he doesn't want to see the United States fall. The Chinese don't want to see the United States fall because they understand that the world that that would involve massive amounts of chaos. It's fine if the world wants to change. They both talk about change, but they want that change to be organic and they want it to come from the ground up, from the people, not from the top down, from mm. the oligarchs. Wow. Good for she. Good that's for, what's going on. Good for Vlad. And that, and that's the narrative that nobody on either side of the political divide in the United States wants anybody to, to realize. Hmm. That's where Steve Bannon is a traitor to the United States. Okay? I don't consider Steve Bannon a, tra a, a patriot. I consider him a Navy intelligence asset. Really? Attempting to foment a war with China. He may, be not the, he may not be that smart, but I look at like the Bannon-esque that area of of, of the of the uh, of the conservative movement, I go. These are the most clueless freaking people on the planet, or they're actually complicit, and they're just fake patriots. Hmm. Wow. That scares me even more. Yeah. Well, I, I guess this is so so clear to me. So let's hope that this, let's hope that it eventually happens because it would be good for the world. More countries equals more freedom. More freedom equals better humans and happier humans and less war. But we're not at that stage right now. Right now, we actually, you know, China's strong authoritarian government is an asset. I hate to say it right now. It won't be in 10 years. Hmm. But short term okay. for our Same listeners, short term for our listeners, lastly, as far as the money thing goes, I guess, could we, is diversification then would be the key here? I mean, you just got to be... Split. Every, I, I've been. I, I've been saying the same thing. You got to do that for forever, right? Years. As much as you can. Gold, cash, crypto, commodities. Gold, cash, hard assets. Hard assets, huh? And you consider commodities are in a cost. Commodities are in a cost push inflationary spiral. Gold, cash, and cryptos. You need to have cash because you don't know if you're going to lose your job or if inflation. You need to have cash. You need to have savings on the sidelines to be able to be because cash gives you options and makes you brave. Crypto is in a bull market, and anybody who says that it isn't or that it's vaporware is an idiot. I've been saying this to your listeners for over a year. If you don't like crypto, tough. Buy Bitcoin, 
wait for it to go up in price, then buy gold with it. Because, like, by the way, Appmex takes gold. Like, it's not tough. Hmm. Like, yeah. don't be dumb. Use the tools at your event. You know, you're not married to these things. It's like, it's like, I was thinking about this the other day. And the last thing, and then I'll let you, and I'll go. <laughs> A lot of people don't understand in like voting that party affiliation that you write down in your voter registration form is a tactical and strategic decision. It's not an it's not a statement of which tribe you belong to. Too many people think it's oh I could never be dem. I'm no Democrat. Do you realize that all these people who are like for instance, for instance in Florida, all these people who are switching parties from Democrat to Republican are just giving the Democrats free information about how many votes they need to print in order to win the next election. <laughs> oh, we have this many Republicans. We need to print this many more ballots now. <laughs> we need more. Every Republican in the state and every Libertarian in the state should change their party affiliation to Democrat because they live and die by their databases. The more bad information you can give them, the worse their decision making is going to be, the more they'll be blindsided when they, these midwits sit around and fill in their spreadsheets and go, well, this is what we need to do. <laughs> That's all these people are doing. They're just literally oligarchs with Excel. And once you understand that that's what they're doing, they're querying databases, plugging data into Excel, running some numbers, running a solver and going, we need this. I need a number. And they get that number and then they work and then they implement that number and they go, well, we can get 20,000 from, you know, we can get 20,000 votes by from the from from corrupting the postal service and we can get 20,000 votes here. We need 200,000. And then they go and they do that. It's the same thing they've done with COVID-19 and the vaccines. We need 80 percent of the people vaccinated in order to suppress natural immunity from the vaccine from the virus so that we can keep people on a six-month jab schedule for the rest of their lives, and then we can control them. Yes, sir. You asked me earlier what I think about the vaccine. That's what I think. Yes, sir. It's very obvious. It's not like there, it's, I'm not even stating anything that is, like, it's not even, that's what they say. Yeah. So am I, like, am I lying here? Am I, all I'm doing is, repeat, all I'm doing is relaying what our, what, you know, what our, our overlords have told us. Yeah. So let's just do that. So. Yeah. Let's yeah. just talk about that. I I agree. Well, you've got neurons where I don't even know they existed as far as seeing the big picture. I think it's fun and I, I gotta love you. For, I do for a yeah, gotta love you for coming on the show. I, I really appreciate it. It's I know that you're a busy guy and thanks for coming on, Tom. Gold, goats and guns, no also um TomLuango.me. They're both the kind of the same thing. Become a Patreon guy so he can feed his goats, take care of his kid and uh or his kids and kids. Thanks, Tom. Appreciate kids it. of different species. It's, you know, kids of different species. That's right. It's an honor to have you here. It was great fun. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you. Take care. Tom. Well, well, uh, you have a great day, Patrick. We'll Thank see you. We'll talk soon. Thank Bye-bye. you, Tom Milanco. He is fun. Boy, I tell you what, I, I just really enjoy having him on the show. Appreciate it. I will uh, see you on um, Friday. Friday. Boy, we've had some rain here. I mean, it's been so wet. We haven't got, even gone outside this morning yet. Gonna have to take Dudelock to pee, and uh, <laughs> she hasn't gone out the doggy door. Yes, man, it's too wet out there. Dude, we have to pee, girl. I will see you Friday morning. We're gonna have lots to talk about. I'm sure we're gonna have a, a nice day to to have you all uh, chat and. Um,
I love you all very much. Thanks for your ongoing support. We have lots of great products. Let us know. We can help with anything. My email, Patrick, at OneRadioNetwork.com. But I'm serial about Tom. Support this fellow and and, uh, become a Patreon guy. You, You heard him for the last hour and a half. He understands how this stuff is all connected better than anybody that I've ever met, really, the geopolitical world, which really runs the economy, right? Um, runs, you know, the money and stuff like that. Uh, you can go on his website and become a Patreon guy for 12 bucks a month, and, and you support us by buying our products, and that's how it works. It's good to trade things back and forth, trade these dollars. So I will see you Friday, 10 o'clock. I love you all very much. Thank you. May the blessings be, and uh, you stay out of trouble now. See you, see you next Friday. Broadcasting from the beautiful Hill Country in Texas, this is OneRadioNetwork.com.